From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. You know those emails you get when someone's just had a baby and they tell you the baby's name, what time they were born, how much they weigh, maybe they send a picture. And um, then it'll usually say something like, mom and baby are doing great. Well, sometimes that's not entirely true, or at least it's not the whole story. That was the case for us. We, we sent out one of those emails that said the standard, mom and baby are both doing great. And there was a cute little picture of Sasha, our daughter, sleeping. But what you saw was just her face. And um, if you'd been able to see the whole picture, you would have seen that there were leads all over her body and wires hooking her up to a heart monitor. And there was an IV in her leg and she was being fed through a tube. She was in the NICU, you know, the, the ICU for babies. Because um, during labor, we had this pretty common problem where there was meconium. Um, she basically took her first poop inside me and she inhaled some of it into her lungs. So they had to flush her with fluids and just kind of make sure she could breathe okay. They, they kept Sasha for just three days, but it was really, really hard. You're basically in the hospital because you just had a baby, but you can't really be with that baby. You have to take these special trips just to see the baby. And, and the doctors don't want to get your hopes up too much because things could get better soon, but they could also get much worse. So you're never sure exactly when you're going to be able to bring your baby home. And I think when we think of the NICU, we picture preemies, you know, those little one and a half pound babies who stay in incubators for months and months. And there are definitely a lot of those in there, but, but there's also a lot of babies who are there for a shorter amount of time. And we're going to hear one of those stories today. This is the Longest Shortest Time podcast. I'm Hillary Frank. This is our second episode. And um, after the first episode, I sent out an email to a bunch of people I knew who had just had babies and asked them if they had any struggles in early parenthood that I could interview them about. And one of those people was Jessica Hopper. And uh, Jessica wrote me this email back. I'm going to read you the first line of that. It says, Hi, Hillary. I would love to... The only thing is, William is pretty much the easiest baby ever. And um, she goes on to say, you know, how well he sleeps, and she basically has has nothing to complain about. Um, and then a few hours later, she emails me, and she's like, oh yeah, uh, I forgot he had been in the NICU for the first six days of his life. And 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 it just goes to show, I guess, how how short that that first very long period of time after you have a baby can be uh, so short that six months later um, she totally forgot about it anyway I interviewed Jessica and her husband Matt about those early days so Jessica um, had an excruciatingly long labor she was in labor for 60 hours um, but the baby seemed completely healthy and the three of them were in their recovery room and um, Matt is looking at the baby, William, and William coughs um, and then Matt notices something weird. Jessica can see him, but he turned kind of blue 
and you asked me about it and I and I thought oh no that's just normal that's just like babies turn colors they change color a little bit babies just turn blue (laughs) well then it was like but then it was like I know it's like so ridiculous now but at the time I thought no I don't if like if we don't say anything nothing's wrong with him yeah (laughs) and the nurse was like he turned blue and basically took the baby so I followed him to the ICU and I did not leave his side until I knew everything was going to be okay. And um, what they think happened was that he had maybe aspirated a little bit of fluid. Uh, he was born a few weeks early. Boys develop at that stage a little bit more slowly than girls. One of the last things they develop is their what they call their suck and swallow reflex. But he was just having a hard time breathing. And, um, and eating at the same time. So, and so by the time I actually went in to see him, he was hooked up to like five different things. And they put him in the little incubator thing. Not they didn't put him in the incubator yet, a but they warmer. put him. They put they him put under him the warmer, warmer, so he went from being free our cute and easy. little swaddled baby with his little hat on, like blinking his eyes at me, to like he had an IV and he had stuff taped to his face and he had a heart monitor and stuff taped to his foot and his little like baby lojack attached to his foot <laughs> and. And uh, I was just beside myself. I just, I, I could just only sit there and like cry and hold his little hand. And it was, it was really hard. And after a day and a half, not quite two days, we had to go home. Yeah, we got discharged and we had to go. And, and, and lived, he stayed. And he stayed. And I went home. We lived just a few blocks away, but it, that's you talk the that's the longest six blocks, you know. Yeah, that's from the hospital to the to our house. And my milk was, like, just barely coming in because I hadn't been able to nurse him yeah. since, like, the first, or even hold him since the first day, really. And so Matt made, like, a slideshow of all of our pictures of him on the computer, and I would watch that while I pumped. But all the pictures we had of him, he's, like, hooked up to the machines, and I just had to try to concentrate on, like, seeing the baby mm-hmm. underneath you know, and then we would go deliver the milk to him, <laughs> yeah. like even in the middle of the night, just because we so, missed him. Yeah, I was him. making, I was making a few trips, uh, like four or night. five trips a day, sometimes to bring the milk. As soon as we got like two things of milk together, we'd be like, oh, "Should we go see William? Let's go see William." But it was like, I was so desperate to go see him, but at the same time, like I just didn't even want to. Yeah, isn't that weird? Isn't that that's so, it's such a weird like paradox, right? Yeah, it's like I, it's like it seeing him, you know, hooked up to everything just made everything real. Yeah. And and I was I really was I was really in denial, I think. You know, because it was like I I I I couldn't I knew I couldn't let my mind go there. What if something happened to him or what if he's got to be in there for like a month or what if he can't breathe? How are they going to know? How like why can't a nurse just sit there and stare at him? You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Jessica's right. A couple of times, um, I remember I crouching on the bathroom floor, just totally bawling and thinking, like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? Well, the worst that could happen is that he doesn't make it, and and having to jump through all those hoops in my brain and then think, okay, so that's the worst that can happen. Can you deal with that? You have to be able to deal with that. And then from then on out, it was like, okay. I've acknowledged that that can happen. And then the specialist, after a few days, said, oh, you know, he's getting better. And he didn't have to have oxygen. And then he didn't have to have his IV. And then he didn't have to have his NG tube. And he could have a bottle. And and can you remember what it felt like the first time holding him without all the wires? 
Oh gosh, I I I just remember being really afraid of it. Like he was just so tiny, you know. I didn't. I think I just didn't. You know, he only weighed like, you know, just under six pounds, which it's like you don't realize how little six six pounds is like two really big hamburgers <laughs> or something. Oh, he thinks yeah. funny. <laughs> I mean, I I think like for me when when Sasha was unhooked. For the first time, I felt like it was like a marionette, you know, with her strings cut off, like like she had become yeah. Pinocchio. Pinocchio became a real boy, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And it was it's funny. Because, I mean, it's not funny, but after um, after you know, he was the most doted on baby in the world. He was in the ICU, and he had all of his needs met, and everybody was paying attention to every little noise he made, etc. Uh, I remember getting him home and thinking, I don't know what his heart rate is i don't know what his respiration rate is i don't like you know is everything going to be okay is he okay and i there's there's no way for me to like statistically prove that he's healthy or something you know can you remember a time like like where you, where you went from feeling like um he wasn't a sick baby anymore um and and like you were just a parent doing your job so I was kind of in charge of diapers for a while uh, That because, you know, I felt bad. Like, okay, I can't nurse, but maybe I can I can be in charge of diapers. So I tried to change every diaper for a little while. And um, uh, and I do remember the first time I thought, I can't believe I have to change another goddamn diaper. Like, I, like, I remember thinking, like, why can't Jessica change a diaper? Uh, but, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you, you um, had such a rough start and... It, it, and and when you have a start like that, I think you feel like every every single thing you do is so precious. You know, like you have to be it's so gift. yeah, you, you have to be so careful with everything. And yeah. when like once you can actually start being annoyed <laughs> by stuff, I guess I think it's a sign that things are changing. You know, when the poop is no longer a gift, yeah, that's, that's what changes. <laughs> yeah. Jessica Hopper is a music journalist, and Matt Clark is a lawyer and musician in Chicago. Thanks for listening to the Longest Shortest Time podcast. I'm Hilary Frank, and I'm still looking for more moms to interview, so if you want me to consider your story, go to longestshortesttime.com and click Contact. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.